Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a, just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything, because what? (laughs) But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee, so if the dryer or your dog eats a sock, or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. (laughs) That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintage colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Matt. I'm Dory. It's your excellent adventure. Dory, how are you this week? I'm fine. How are you? Uh, Well, you know, I bet everyone wrote in about it. Uh, good news. Everything's A-OK in butt town. You know, very few people wrote in about it. <laughs> Shocking. In fact, I believe we only got one text that even like referred to it. Well, there you go. We also got like relatively few emails this week, which I attribute to our conversation last week. Well, that very well may be. Yeah. So, I mean, look, new week, new you. Everybody start fresh. <laughs> um. I mean, we should probably catch people up on what's been going on with us this week, which is Henry. And I'll pre- let me preface this by saying that he is fine. Mm. Um, but we had a little incident with him yesterday. We were at the playground. He was climbing up this like sort of mound mountain thing. I mean, it was your. How would you describe uh, it? I would say it was a faux rock sculpture it was like a rock climbing wall made but not of plastic the, but not with like little you know yeah, foothold just had little like indentations yes which i watched an, one kid go up and i was like ooh it seems a little dangerous like, and then i thought he was gonna fall that that kid like was right at the top and i thought he was gonna fall and he didn't and then of course henry wanted to go on it um and just as he started climbing up it, Matt turned to me and said, go eavesdrop on those people. I really wanted to know what was going down over in the park, you know, with some other people. I was like, go go listen over there. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so I start walking away. I'd taken no more than three steps, I would say, when I hear blood-curdling screams. So you didn't hear the thud, huh? I mean, I don't remember the thud. I Like, it just, it's all kind of a blur to me. Henry was... Let's. I'm gonna conservatively say he was nine and a half inches off the ground. 
Yeah, he had not gotten very high. No. So I saw him start to fall, and I tried to catch him. And I did not catch him. I mean, not fully. And his little his little face went right onto that little plastic rock wall thing. And, and, I, and I, when I picked him up, I was like, this kid is going to be fucking wrecked. Because that felt like it... I, I, when I was catching him, it, like I caught his body and I just felt his head go. And blood was just gushing out of his mouth. I, I wouldn't call it gushing. Because when I first gave him the once-over eyeball look, when I picked him up, I saw no blood whatsoever. And I was shocked. Mm, as soon as I picked but, him well, up... As soon as like, he wanted to, immediately he wanted Dory's comfort, the comfort of a mother who doesn't want it. Uh, so... So then, I, then I then then I saw a little blood and I was like, oh, he must have cut his lip. Yeah, and he was like bleeding all over me. Um, and we kind of we you know he, he cried and I was comforting him and then he kind of calmed down and was like like wanting to get back on the climbing structure. He was upset for three minutes. Yeah, and I was like, okay, and and the blood kind of seemed to stop. It did. It just was like gone at some point yeah and i was like oh all right and i couldn't quite figure out like was it his lip like interior lip situation and then matt said to me i think one of his teeth is loose and i was like oh great that's all that's like all we need for him to like have a loose tooth i like i because my brain was trying to like make logic of the situation Mm -hmm. and because i couldn't see any actual cut cut on his yeah i was just like there's gotta be something like there has to be a problem so i'm with him on the climbing structure because he asked me to come on with him and given that he had just fallen i was like okay and after a few minutes he like opened his mouth and i saw he did not have a loose tooth he was missing a tooth his front, a tooth was fully gone. His front left incisor. So is no more. <laughs> is is TBD. I mean, I looked on the ground in, in the at the park in Glendale. Couldn't find it. Uh, haven't spotted it in his poop, but I haven't. I haven't looked super hard. But so his teeth were missing. His tooth was missing. His tooth yeah. is missing. I mean, if you find it, let us know. Um, and uh, I felt really bad about it because I feel like it was my fault. I mean, I don't think it was anyone's fault. No, I, th- I feel like I feel like it could have been quicker on the save and and actually saved him. <laughs> uh. I also suggested we go to this park. So then I feel like that's an added layer of my fault. Um, Yes, he was on a structure for three to five-year-olds. Clearly labeled. Um, And uh, yeah, I do. I felt like I felt like such a genuine failure as a a parent. I I still feel it because now it's just going to. I'm gonna. It's gonna. I'm gonna have to acknowledge this every time he opens his mouth <laughs> and is missing a tooth. Of the time I didn't catch him from his nine-inch fall off the rock, fake rocks. Um, he was a little out of sorts yesterday. Didn't really nap. Woke up like hysterically crying. Dory was immediately like, "We're gonna have to get him an implant," and I was like. What is a baby tooth? There's no implants for baby teeth. They're still growing. How could they po- there possibly be such a thing? It's silly. And then I went and I was like reading and I was like, oh, something called a pediatric partial. And then the more I thought about my guilt, the more I was like, we need to get this. We need to get a fake tooth. And then I was like, I don't want to do it because <laughs> I did some more Googling and like pretty much the entire internet was like, don't do this. <laughs> Well, I mean, it has to only exist for um, child beauty pageants. I mean, maybe. The idea of the pediatric partial. <laughs> well, I think when they're a little older, sometimes they can make like kind of like a denture, essentially, that they can take out, like a flipper, yeah. which they do use in beauty pageants. Right. 
Um, but he's too young for that. Like he, yeah. he can't have something removable. So the, the thing that you can get is something that gets like wired to the rest of their teeth. And I just was like, this is going to be hard to clean. I, I, the one I read was like, we, it was like a band. And I was like, I don't know what that means. Yeah. So I don't know. I like, I'm, I'm not super My inclined to do it. My whole thing is like, I just, there's part of it that's like, oh, this is my fault. That's a huge part of it. The other part of it is like, now Henry's going to have this hole in his face. <laughs> and he'll probably develop an adorable lisp because of it. And it's all my fault. I think he'd be more likely to develop a lisp if he, if both of his front teeth had been knocked out. But so far, I've not noticed any difference in his speech. No, there has not been any. But and also, I really hope they're all like the rest of them are solid. Yeah, seriously. You know what I mean? um, we're we're, we're going to. I talked to his dentist on Saturday. I called the emergency line. His dentist picked up right away. Well, first she called, and then I was like, I was like, do I do we need to call the emergency? emergency? Line? And I was like, no, not an emergency. It's a baby tooth, and he's fine, not bleeding, and. But then when he woke up from his nap, like really upset and saying that his mouth hurt, I was like, okay, I'm going to call the dentist just I, to like I make had sure. Given it, I, was, I smartly was like, she gave him some Motrin before bed, which obviously didn't help. But when the dentist said to do that, I was like, aha. Wait, we didn't give him Motrin before bed. I did. No, before nighttime bed we did. Before his nap, we didn't give him Motrin. Yeah, I did. You did? Yeah. I don't think you did. I did. Before his nap? Before his nap. No, when he woke up from his nap. I swear. You gave him Motrin because you asked if we should no, give him. No, children's Tylenol I gave him. Okay, whatever. Children's Tylenol, Motrin. Yes. We gave it to him after he woke up from his nap. He came out of the playroom so you could give him the, the medicine. That was after? Yes, that was after. I thought that was before. It was a very short nap. That's why it was confusing. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was in my office and yeah. Dory texted me and he needed to come in my, into the house and I was I looked at it and I was like, is this an old message? And then I was like, one thirty, like it was like one thirty one p.m. And I was like, what is happening? <laughs> I went in and I was like, no, Dory. Oh my God, the door to the playroom's open. I, what is he doing? Is, he's awake. And he didn't want Dita at all. Until, until I, you said I have medicine. Until I provided some sweet, <laughs> sweet red medicine. Um, and that was when I called the dentist. And the dentist said, it's it's just like a trauma response. He really seemed to like, Henry was playing it up in the background too. Yeah. Like he just happened to start screaming. Yeah, he did. Um, and you can continue to give him like Motrin and Tylenol today, but he should be fine tomorrow. So, so far he is. And so far he is. We put him down. He usually goes to bed at seven. We put him down for the night at six. He went right to sleep yeah. and he slept till almost seven. So he got like a really good sleep last night, woke up, seemed to be in great spirits, has been in a good mood all day. Um, and yeah, a couple times yesterday when he asked me to tell him about his day and we got to the park, the part about the park, he pointed to his tooth and I was like, yeah, you, he pointed to where his tooth used to be. Yeah, he was like, you, "Yeah, your your tooth came out and it hurt a lot." And he was like, mm, and he like kind of nodded. <laughs> I mean, it's it's just why like this also is he was upset for like three minutes and then he was like, "Just I'm back. I want to go run on this structure yeah. and go down a slide." And then earlier in the week too, he had been in the pool. That was this week, right? Where he puked. Oh yeah, that was, that, was Monday. that was Monday. Yeah, he puked during a a swim, a lesson. swim lesson, and uh, Dory like brought him in, and he like took off his puke filled. Uh, you also did you get puke on you on that one? Mm -hmm, yep. See, did you lose that shirt as well? No, uh, threw it in the threw it in the washing okay. machine. Dory Dory said goodbye to a, a sweatshirt yesterday. Yeah, I was like, you know what, this is, this isn't going to come out. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, he like puked apparently in the pool, and I was he had swallowed some water and he threw up. I was inside. I came inside when I heard. I don't remember how, but anyway, we like got him all dried off and everything, and he just kept. He was like 
want to go in the pool. He's like, what do you guys He wanted doing? to go right back in the pool. pool. And we were like, you know what? We're going to just chill on the pool today. Yeah. So, I mean, look, if anything, he's very... Uh, he's resilient. Resilient, for sure. And also just, you know, DGAF, you know? <laughs> well, I... I was kind of spiraling about the fact that he was missing a tooth and like will not have a grown up tooth for at least like four years. I Dory and, Dory spiraling and I was immediately like like I was like relax, he's a kid, it's fine. And then after she asked the internet what to do, then I started spiraling right. about it. <laughs> so I'm still spiraling about it. Dory seems to have accepted it. In well, a, in a way that I have not. I posted on Twitter just like asking if this had happened to anyone else. And like pe- like a bunch of people responded, many of whom's kids had knocked out both the front teeth at like age two or three. Yeah. And they were just like, you just, you just learn to live with it. And it becomes like a cute, they have a cute smile <laughs> for a long time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he looks, you know, he looks like a little hockey player. Well, between that and his bloody ear. His bloody ear and face. <laughs> yes. Because he's got like this little, I don't know what it was. Some sort of like, um, I don't know. I would, how I would think I he just scratched it. I would describe it. it as like, it was, it looks like it was like a pimple that got, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, that's what it looks like. I think he just scratched it. Yes. Like this little tiny face part under his uh, eye. What do you call this? I feel a like, cheek? No, no. But I feel like in, in the beauty world. Uh huh. This, I feel like this has a name. I feel like it does. I feel like, because I feel like that's a different, because you'd put like a, you know, you'd put color on your cheeks, mm-hmm. right? But like, there's this area here below the eye, like it's in, mm. it's in no man's land. That's kind of where people often apply like highlighter. Yeah. But what would you call that? I guess you just call it the upper cheek. Yeah. All right. Well, if there's anybody's a beautician out there who wants to let me know what that part is called. Um... Unless it's called upper cheek, then thank you. <laughs> I also, when I got him this morning, he was upset because the the blood from his ear was on his sheet. Oh, he wants a new sheet. Yeah, and he I ch- I changed his sheet, and I forgot to do that. I changed it. Okay. He has a bloody ear because often when he's sucking his thumb, he plays with his ear with the other hand, mm-hmm. and he like rubbed it so much that it started bleeding and it's just like a really hard place to keep a bandaid on. Um, you know what though? I did watch a TikTok from a dermatologist who was talking about wound care. Mm-hmm. And he said that it is the biggest mistake that people make is they think that they need to put hydrogen peroxide and neosporin on cuts and wounds. And you should actually just put like Vaseline or Aquaphor. Okay. So he was basically like, throw out all your Neosporin. Neosporin is a scam. Later, Neosporin. Yeah. This is what a TikToker was saying. We're not saying a that. A dermatologist. This is what a dermatologist. Okay, so, so I'm just saying. Just because Neosporin you wants to come at us with some sort of lawsuit. Okay. We do not condone the views of any TikTok <laughs> dermatologists. Look, I'm just saying what he said. That's all? Yeah. Just reporting. Just reporting. Allegedly. Thank Neosporin. You. Thank you, Dory. It's not great for Welcome wounds. to podcasting. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Um, so I don't know, I'm putting some aquaphor on it. He's just a little rapscallion. He's something. He's got a haircut now. And there was like a day and a half where he looked like just a picture perfect child. And then Somehow this whoop, this face thing came back. <laughs> it's missing a tooth. <laughs> it's puking all over swim instructors. Oh, God. Anyway, that said, uh, feel free to email us, dorymat at gmail, Matt and Dory gmail, phone number 413-461-BABY. You can leave a voicemail there. You can check out our Facebook group. It's facebook.com slash group slash excellent adventure. If you're going through uh, fertility struggles, et cetera, it's a good resource for you to have while we're in between episodes, aka the six days between episodes. And uh, if you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com forward slash excellent adventure and uh, get extra episodes. We'll be right back. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of the heel that goes up a little, just a, just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything because what? <laughs> but they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. <laughs> That's right. They have garden party socks to bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like you know uh, stripes on the top of it. it's like oh hey look at me i'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person they've got those too and they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff you know if for all you frill seekers out there folks all i'm saying is you heard me talk about bombas for years now i don't know why you haven't done anything about it get comfy this spring and give back with bombas Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Okay, we're back. Hello. No new injuries to report for Henry. So far, so good. Um, all right. This first email, it wasn't clear to me whether this person wanted to be anonymous, so I'm keeping them anonymous just to be safe. Sure. Um, they wrote, sending out the egg signal for toddler sleep. Help, please. I have a 28-month-old sleep training graduate. He has been a great sleeper, sleep trained since nine months old. At the end of August, we went on a vacation where he wouldn't fall asleep without us in the room. So we stayed next to the pack and play until he fell asleep two evenings. His request continued at home when just a week later, we attempted and failed at potty training. It's been a sleep disaster ever since. He's begun not wanting to fall asleep without us in the room. Middle of the night, waking and waking at 5 a.m., screaming. Oh, and throwing his levy out of the crib. This has all been going on for three plus weeks. Recently, he's been dealing with allergy-related symptoms, which hasn't helped our quest. We tried to ride the wave, thinking he needed extra support with the life changes. But over the last three days, we've basically gone back to the original sleep training plan because safe in your crib sleep is truly best for him and us. The crying is a lot harder on your heart with a two-year-old. Sure. I feel like I feel much more like I am harming him emotionally. It seems to be getting back on track, but then we have a middle of the night waking. Just wondering if anyone has experienced this and has any thoughts or tips. Do I need to take a toddler's sleep class or just stick it out a few more days? Did I emotionally break him by trying to potty train and helping him fall asleep when I thought he was going through some potty training anxiety? Thanks for reading and hopefully sharing. I'm hoping someone will have some thoughts. My personal circle of friends all co-sleep, so they're no help. Ugh. <laughs> we have the worst friends. Matt. Sorry. 
One tired mama living in Texas with her husband and 28-month-old in 1,100 square feet. I think I ate one hot dog in 2021. Congrats on your hot dog count. Only 37 minutes off your life this this year. (laughs) Um, Well, first of all, you did not emotionally break him. So, And as far as I know, your kid has all their teeth. That's true. So they're ahead of our kid. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that, I don't know. I, I, I'd be curious to hear what other people have to say about this. Vacationing with a toddler is tough. Yeah. Um, especially in a time zone shift. Um, it is something that uh, Dory and I are always very careful about regarding his sleep. Um, and in the one to two occasions we've had him in a hotel room, we still like put the pack and play in a bathroom. When do we put a pack and play in the bathroom? Las Vegas. No, we didn't. Yes, it was in the bathroom, wasn't it? No. Where was it? The crib was yeah. in the corner of the room. Why did I think it was in the bathroom? I don't, I don't know. But it Why wasn't. do I remember him having a pack and play in a bathroom? I don't, I don't know. That's so weird. Because you saying you know, that reminds me, yes, that's, that's correct. You know where, um, I think, I think Karen and Steve have put a pack and play in a bathroom. So maybe that's where you have got it from. Was it there? Was it when we went to Disney? Maybe. Land. Maybe. Nope. We had him in the living room. Oh, with him? Yeah, yeah no, we had him in the sweet. living room. I thought you were talking about they might have had Maybe. Um, okay. Someone I don't know. in the bathroom. Anyway. Anyway. Whatever. Um, yes, vacations are stressful and I always worry that like we're like this, like we're gonna do something on vacation that he's then gonna be like, Okay, I guess this is how we do it now. Um, so we try to keep we try to keep it as similar as, but yeah, home like as possible. But I hear you. It's really hard, um, especially when they're in a new environment and they are freaked out. Um, I mean, my, and I preface this by saying I'm not a trained sleep consultant, so take this with a grain of salt and I'd be curious to hear what other people think. Right. I don't play one on TikTok either. Um, I would do some like modified, I would do some sleep, I would essentially just re sleep train him, like it sounds like you're doing. Um, And, you know, do the, do the check ins do like a, you know, a, a kind of a Ferber thing. Um, it is harder when they cry when they're two, but you're not, you're not permanently damaging him. Yeah. So. And also like explain as much as you can. Yeah. To the kid. Yeah. As far as yes, why, that's what a is really happening good point. and why it's happening. That's a really good point. Um, and just like, let them know, like, look, Here's what's happening. You're going to sleep. You sleep in your room and mama and Dita sleep in. Don't call yourself Dita if you're not a Dita. Uh, sleep in their room. Mm-hmm. And we want to make sure you get the best sleep possible. So you need to be sleeping in your crib. Blah, blah, blah. Yep. So just like always, I like, you know, with Henry even, I try to really lay out what I can in a logical fashion. Which, you know, sometimes helps, sometimes doesn't. Yeah. But, you know, especially when he's like, the other day he was like yelling um, about something. I'm trying to remember what it was. But he was like, yeah, I, I, I picked him up and I, I, and I was like, Henry. And he screamed and I said, Henry. He screamed again. And I said, bud, look at me. Tell me what you want without yelling. And he said, inside. I said, great. That means you want to go inside, right? Yeah. I was like, okay, count to three. And then I put him down. And then we just walked inside. But it was like, you know, it was kind of thing where I was like, I know he, I knew he wanted to go inside from the screaming, Mm -hmm. but I just didn't want him to learn. And I don't want him to learn. And this is something I'm going to still have to be very careful about. I don't want him to learn that screaming in a high-pitched pterodactyl fashion Mm -hmm. gets him what he wants. So, 
Anyway, so like if he is screaming about something, I make I do try to get him to just tell me calmly what it is he wants because mm. I'm usually gonna let him do it anyway because it's usually just going outside or you know if it's if he can do it he can do it but I just want him to talk about it. Don't scream. That's scream. You. That kid scream. Oof. Yeah, yeah, but you know I also do try to. Sometimes, you know, they just, they don't have a ton of great impulse control right now. Of course not. But so he's, he can do it. Like, yeah. that's the thing about him is he's like, he gets it. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like he gets it anyway. Maybe he and I are just on a completely different wavelength where he understands, we understand each other. Oh, yeah. Even though he prefers you, but we understand <laughs> each other. Cool. <laughs> All right. Um, I mean, do you know how excited he was today when I showed him? Did you know that I got him numbers to finally put on the missing yes, numbers you showed on the them, barrel? You sh- I was with him when you showed them to him when we got home. He got to put them on himself. Oh. So they're a little wonky. Okay. But he was very into the, he was like, he just kept going seven. Like it just walking by each barrel, seven, seven. Well, because seven. only one of them didn't have the numbers, which was very upsetting to him. <laughs> yes. So we finally, I finally got that for him. And I also got a large pole for the skimmer. Mm. And that, that's why there's, I don't know if you noticed outside. I did notice. There's 800 golf balls. Yes, I did notice that. Because Dita is now able to get them out and we can just keep going. I mean, he's way into it. It's a whole new world. It, it it's a whole new you know. If I got to occupy him for a little while, yeah, we're just gonna You're gonna vibe. Point at numbers, yeah, and then Dita hit golf ball in pool. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, is this what you thought fatherhood would be? Uh, I mean, I, yeah. Yes and no. The 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 the, the repetitiveness mm-hmm. of it until like it's also fascinating to me like when he decides he's tired or something. Mm-hmm. Just like what I don't know what switch that is. Mm-hmm. I kind of have it too. So it's like I don't know. Whatever. It's interesting. Anyway. Anyway, that's your answer to your sleep question. All right. Um, All right. This next email is from Allison. Yes. We decided to try to start having a child when we found out I had endometriosis when I turned 30. It was happenstance that we found this out due to an uh, endometrioma bursting and sending me to the ER in screaming pain. Previously, no symptoms to alert me that I had stage four endometriosis. After six months of trying, we were able to get into the fertility clinic here in Canada, and we were told IVF was our only option based on the surgical report from my laparoscopic endometrial surgery. On our second fresh retrieval, they ended up bursting an endometrioma, which then had to be drained about a cup of liquid, and luckily, we got pregnant. Unfortunately, at 22 weeks, we ended up having to terminate as the baby was diagnosed with severe HLHS, hypoplastic left heart syndrome, with no hopes of reconstructive surgery upon birth. No judgment, please, as this was obviously devastating and horrible. No judgment from this corner. That was just sympathy. That was a sympathy groan. We headed right back into more treatments and did another laparoscopic surgery to remove the endometriosis. After yet another fresh retrieval, I finally fell pregnant with our daughter, who is now two years-ish. During the emergency C-section, a whole other adventure. I bled quite a bit, but everything turned out fine. Around her first birthday, we were discussing trying for a sibling and went in for an FET. Shockingly, I became pregnant and miscarried at about 11 weeks. We found out that baby had Turner syndrome, which obviously was unrelated to the HLHS baby. Wow. Wait, I just lost my place. Um, This has all been extremely traumatic and horrible, but I do find solace in my daughter. We have now reached the point where you guys were discussing putting in your last embryo and how far you should push to try to get a sibling for Henry. We decided that I would do one last fresh transfer despite then being uh, beyond painful them being beyond painful for me due to the endometriosis and at our clinic we are not anesthetized for the procedure yikes mm. 
This is where we have currently landed and I need to finally send out a signal. I started bleeding heavily on day five after our embryo transfer day five blast. It has now been six days of the heaviest bleeding I've ever had. The clinic finally got us back in for an ultrasound and shockingly, apparently I'm not bleeding from my uterus. Has anyone ever heard of this and still being pregnant? Has anyone ever had significant bleeding and found out the cause? Just wanting some clarity. Also, just to expand after everything we've been through, what would be your advice moving forward? We still have three embryos that we could transfer. I'm theoretically young-ish, 36. Husband is 38. We really do want a sibling for our daughter, but five fresh cycles. And I believe four FETs. I'm tiring of all the complications and 1% chances. Any thoughts and advice? Greatly appreciated. Your show has been probably the only consistent podcast I've ever listened to and greatly appreciate your candor during these difficult years we've all experienced. We live in Calgary, Canada, have one cat, one science baby and 2,200 square feet. Less hot dogs than I would have thought. Thank you so much for (laughs) taking the time. Um, And then unfortunately, I did get an up. We did get an update from Allison Mm. um, where she said quick follow up. Ended up having to go to the hospital as advised by the fertility clinic and have now tested negative for pregnancy and positive for a blood clot. Fun. So more advice for moving forward and how you would personally approach our situation would be greatly appreciated. Wishing you all the best. Well, first of all, I'm sorry about this most recent situation and everything that you've been through really sounds very emotionally and physically draining. I mean, it, I'm struggling to even wrap my head around it. I don't know how you would do another transfer if I were you. I mean, what I would probably do at this point is I would see if there was anyone in my life who was willing to be a surrogate. Hmm. I don't know if these embryos are PGS tested. It sounds like they're not. And I'm not sure if a surrogate will do well surrogacy with with non-tested embryos. Um, But, I mean, I think that might have to be a conversation that you start having, right? Well, I mean, this the the second, the baby that had Turner syndrome, that was a that was a spontaneous pregnancy. If I can, if I'm interpreting that correctly, correctly. Um, no, I went in for an FET. Shockingly, I became pregnant. Oh, shockingly, I became pregnant. In my brain, that was like shockingly, I was pregnant. Oh, I, I thought, I thought she meant she became pregnant from the FET. You, you were correct. <sighs> That's it. Yes, to Dory's point, that doesn't—they do not sound like they are genetically tested. Uh, so that is. Five what, I mean, what you could hear—I mean, if you if you have the stamina for this, you could do one more retrieval, get them genetically tested. There's also the three embryos they currently have. I know, but she's already, this is now her third FET with these untested embryos that have resulted in either miscarriage. Oh, I'm just talking about getting those three tested. Oh, getting them tested? I mean, yeah, it's all, it's so risky though. Yeah. I don't know. All right. Well, that's what, what signal? What should we call this? This is the. Uh, mm, endometriosis. Complicated. Complicated. Embryo signal. Yeah. And look, I, you know, I, I am under no illusions about the difficulties of surrogacy. Like, I don't make that suggestion lightly or as though you can just like snap one into snap yeah exactly exactly so i i i fully understand that there are many complications financial like there's just there's a lot of issues around getting finding a surrogate um so i don't want to i don't want you to think that i just am sort of glibly being like just get a surrogate but it sounds like that might be something you you might want to at least like explore yeah so that would just be my advice 
Um, all right. We are going to take a short break. Be right back. Be right back. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Back. We're back. Back. Uh, Matt, do you want to take this next email? Sure, it's from Colleen. She writes, Hi, Matt and Dory. Long time. Sorry, let me just double up on that long. I'm a long, long time listener, first time emailer. Currently 37. My wife is 40. Started listening in 2017 when we were trying to get pregnant with my now three-year-old. Four failed IUIs. One successful IVF later, I was lucky enough to be pregnant and stay pregnant. Trying for a second hasn't been so easy. We did three rounds of IVF, resulting in two negatives and one chemical pregnancy. Then we switched to donor egg. First transfer was another chemical. I'm currently in the two-week wait for a second transfer with a PGS normal embryo. Broke down and tested at, at uh, what is that? Can you interpret that for me? Uh, broke down and tested at, wait, I lost my Seven days past five-day transfer? I mean... Oh, yes. Seven days... Yes, that's exactly what it is. Seven days past five-day transfer. What? Uh, What does that mean? It means you transferred an embryo that um, was frozen at day five. Ah, gotcha. Okay. Thank you. And it's seven days after the transfer. I would flip that. If I were were like in the um, forums... Mm -hmm, I'm mm -hmm. I'm sure this is like a format everyone uses. I'd flip it. Mm -hmm. That's just me. Okay. Uh, Can't decide whether the test is negative or barely positive. Uh, But it just makes me think I'm having another chemical pregnancy if I'm pregnant at all. And that all signs are pointing toward me being the problem even when using better younger eggs. Maybe I'll be wrong. This time will be our time. But if I'm right... How do you know when it's time to give up? This is a thematic episode. Yeah, I know. Uh, how do you know when it's time to give up? Are there people out there who have decided not to try anymore and would be open to sharing how they came to that decision? My wife and I have been waffling about giving up for the last six months. It's hard to give up. There won't be any accidental or miracle pregnancies for us since we can't naturally conceive. So when we call it quits, that's it. Thanks to anyone willing to share. Colleen, 2,000 square feet, one toddler, one wife, one dog. How many hot dogs? More than I care to admit, especially since Matt shared with us how much of our lives we lose every time we eat one. Yikes. Um, okay. Dory. Mm-hmm. Where are you at with this? Well, what I first want to say is I, I, I need an update from Colleen about what happened when she finally took the HCG test because all we have right now is a home test that is in an inconclusive home test at seven days, which is still pretty early. So we could be responding to this and Colleen is actually pregnant. Very true. You know, true. I I just, again, would like to caution everybody about those home tests. I find them infuriating. (laughs) Matt is not a fan. I'm not a fan because it's like, go see a doctor. Their tests are better. (laughs) <laughs> it's like you're peeing on a stick there. Um. So, okay, let's let's for the sake of argument, let's assume that you are not pregnant. Um. I mean, it. We don't know. You say all signs are pointing to me being the problem, but you were able to get pregnant before. So, I think some signs are maybe pointing to you trying to place blame on something and only finding mm. yourself as the common denominator. Ooh. And thusly, you're blaming yourself, which, I mean, look, I get it. I understand. I still blame myself for Henry's tooth, which was in his mouth until yesterday morning. Um, 
but I uh, think it's important to not be too hard on yourself about yeah, this particular situation. I think that's very good advice. Because it's like, I mean, look, you're just... <laughs> it's it, We know you can get pregnant, right? Yep. Is that what we're saying? Yep. And it's just, I mean, words. Thank you. <laughs> um, but to your kind of like bigger existential question, how do you know when it's time to give up? I mean, I think it's just when you like really feel like I can't do this anymore. Like I can't put myself through this anymore. Yeah. Or I've run out of money or. When it's too much of an emotional and financial burden on yeah. yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I would say. That's what we both say. Um, I'd be curious to hear what, what other people have to say. And I'd be curious to hear from Colleen again. Um, okay. We got a text from Beth in Edmonton who told me that she's disagreeing with my feelings about Gilmore Girls not aging well. And she didn't watch it until july 2019 nice so she also says i'm also very much a socialist who believes in taking care of all the people and being an ally to everyone i've been working in an industry for the past six or so years where equity diversity and inclusion are discussed almost daily if my radar went off it was just once or twice and for momentary word use the same word made me cringe at most once a season in the later years Unfortunately, I can't remember that word slash phrase. In 153 episodes, I think that means it actually did age fairly well. I, that was my instinct because I know Amy Sherman Palladino's work and her general vibe would be an inclusive vibe. <laughs> Um, for context, that same summer, I tried to rewatch Bridget Jones's diary, which I used to love. I turned it off within three minutes as the blatant sexual abuse between Hugh Grant's boss character and Renee Zellweger's Bridget was just too much for me to stomach. I had the same reaction. I, I rewatched Bridget Jones because when I was at Buzzfeed, because I was, I, I think I interviewed someone who was involved. Well, the sequel was coming. Yeah, out. when the sequel was coming out, so I had like rewatched the other Bridget Jones, or and I, I was the like, threequel. And I was like, yikes, this is awful. Mm. Um, it's just like stuff that I guess was, we thought was normal in the late 90s and aughts and in early aughts. And now we were like, no, that is definitely not okay. Anyway, that's my sidebar. That said, I think you should give Gilmore Girls a try. I feel like we are similar in our tastes among other things and it is very well written. I believe you would enjoy the banter. Matt, thanks for your warning on those Hutterite hot dogs. They were in my belly before I heard, and I regret nothing. <laughs> Had another Costco dog for lunch just today. <laughs> Beth from Edmonton, tiny house, bunch of animals, no kids, many hot dogs in 21. P.S. Thank you for mentioning that you went to Costco to get 800 pounds of cream cheese for Bo's pills. Our geriatric dog got a cancer diagnosis a month ago. Aww. I'm sorry. And switching to cream cheese means he always wants to eat his pills. Oh, nice. Yeah. Don't waste your money on those pill pockets. I've, uh, they're, they're not into them. They'll be into them for like a week. And then they're like. And then they're, they get on, they're onto you. Yeah. Whereas like, if you put it in cream cheese, they're. No, somehow they're, with cream cheese, I can leave the pills fully exposed. They're like. And Bo is like. He doesn't care. This is great. He's like, I don't care. Thank He's you. like, just get me the cheese. Okay, this was the only reference to um, your 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 butt. Mm. PPS, an offer. Instead of peeing out your butt, try the term shissing. I like it. <laughs> That's shit piss. That's good. PPPS. <laughs> Matt, when discussing your gastro situation, you referred to your water consumption in liters. When the heck did you move <laughs> out of the U.S.? Don't you mean quarts or ounces? I don't think I've ever heard an American refer to a volume of liquid in liters. In Canada, we use a confusing blend of imperial and metric depending on context. Good times. Okay, I think I'm done. Well, you know, that's generally true, but I will say somehow the drink industry has uh, gone ahead and made it uh, fairly common to list things in liters 
you think of a two liter bottle of soda. That's true. You think of a one liter bottle. Um, and you think of like a liter and a half of, um, you know, those big, big Fiji's or a liter and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, and beyond that, that's the only thing measured in metric in the United States, as far as I can tell. Besides like a 5K or 10K race. That's true. All right. Those are two things in the United States that are metrically inclined. Um, all right. Thank you for that for that info on Gilmore Although Girls. I will say this. Do oh. quarts or ounces, she said in that, in that PPPS. Uh it's off it like i feel like whenever like they say try to get 64 ounces of water or something and i might i do convert that to liters in my head oh interesting yeah Hmm. that's like two liters correct um all right hi matt and dory another gem from patreon back catalog february 2019 Mm -hmm. bonus episode two Oh, the second bonus episode from February 2019. I was like, we had done way more than two bonus episodes at that point, but I get what they're saying. Anyway, sorry. About three minutes in, a listener asked about where you would live if you could work from anywhere. Mm -hmm. Dory suggested Paris. Then, Dory, I can kind of do my job from anywhere in the world. You can't, though. Why not? You've got to do podcasts with Kate. I know. You can do podcasts remotely. That won't last long. This leads me to a question. At first, I thought, silly Matt, how naive we were. But then I thought, maybe he's right. Has the pandemic experience made Dory less inclined to want to podcast remotely or actually validated it as a good solution? Maybe you'll move to Paris after all. All (laughs) the best, Liz in Chicago. Um... No, it has validated it as a good solution. Uh, it's I I was so against it, just because of like the times I've had to crunch podcasts in remotely. Mm-hmm. It was never an enjoyable experience, but now, like Andy and I are both vaccinated, could easily be doing podcasts together. Same with me and Kate. But it's so much easier to just open up my computer and sit down and go instead of getting in the car and driving somewhere or having him, co- you know. Yeah. It's just like this works, and because. I can like see Kate on video. Right. You still have the same sort of like interaction as you would in person, right. I think. So yeah, I'm going to move to Paris. Oh, okay. Yep. Bye. Toodles. Um, okay. Here's another text. Mm-hmm. Morning babies. <laughs> in discussing the merits of non Disney theme park food, please do not forget the amazing deliciousness at Knott's Berry Farm. Those local to Southern California should head down to Buena Park to experience all the yumminess about half the cost of a Disneyland ticket. Great shows for little ones also. I have never been to um, Knott's Berry Farm. Me neither. What is their uh, what is their jam? Is it boysenberries their thing? I don't know. See, that's how bad we are at this. But I know they have a fried chicken that is popular, and I hate fried chicken, so it's never been like a, I got to get down there. Mm. Thank you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Again. And there's no Knott's Berry food blog on YouTube. Not yet. I'm are sure, you starting that? I'm sure there might be, actually. Um. Okay. Sorry, we jumped, we're, we're jumping around a little bit. These are, these are some... This next voice memo is a reference to something that we talked about a while ago, but birds it says Dory's description says birds. Well, I'm actually I'm actually going to play a different one first, and then we will get to birds. Okay. Hi, Matt and Dory. This is Melinda in Melbourne, Australia. Uh, I love the podcast, and Dory, I loved your latest book as a fellow late bloomer. Um, I'm calling about a comment you made recently about not wanting to hover over Henry at the playground. I think it was maybe part of the Rye teachings. 
Um, and I just wondered if you could explain a little more about hovering and why that's not ideal. Well, we should have um, fucking hovered. Month old who yesterday. can't quite walk but can get onto the couch and is just a climber extraordinaire. Um, and I just feel like hovering is the only way I can keep her safe at the moment. It's truly driving me crazy, um, trying to keep her from bonking her head all day long. Um, and I don't want to hover. I do want her to learn kind of how to climb confidently and independently but I also don't want to end up in emergency with a major head injury or anything like that. So Tooth just missing. wanted to know a little bit more of the thinking behind that. Um, I am in 2,000 square feet or 198 square meters um, <laughs> with one husband, one non-science baby. Um, I haven't eaten any hot dogs, but I wondered if any Australian listeners have talked about the Bunnings sausage sizzle before. Um, we don't really <laughs> do hot dogs here so much, but at our kind of global hardware chain, Bunnings, um, in the non-COVID times, you can get a sausage sizzle, which is a barbecued sausage in a piece of white bread with ketchup and or onions, if you so choose, for $1, goes to charity. It's something of an institution. Um, Haven't had any of those this year due to COVID, but uh, I look forward to having one. Well, I get it. Those hot dogs, they make you, sorry, what are they called? Sausage. Mm. The white bunning. God. And then she just said it. My name, the brain, the name is gone out of my head. Should I play it again? No. <laughs> it's all right. Uh, let's talk about hovering, Dory. Well, I think I want to make a distinction between what I view as like unnecessary hovering and hovering to keep someone safe. Like, for example, yesterday afternoon, after Henry had lost a tooth, we he wanted to go to another playground <laughs> again. He just, yeah. just bounces back. The big playground. Um, the big playground. And so we went, and there's a lot of things to climb there. Um, but I made sure to stay very close, and I said, I'm staying close to keep you safe. Because they were... I would say they were like a little more advanced than your standard climbing thing. Like he could do them himself, but he was a little scared and they were up pretty high. And I just wanted to like make sure that he was okay. Now, am I going to like walk up to the slide with him and go down? You know what I mean? I'm not going to do that, but I'm going to make sure that he stays safe. Um, I mean, yeah, what Matt was saying, maybe we should have been hovering a little bit closer yesterday, but live and learn um <laughs> like what are we gonna do you know I mean, what I generally, mean generally though i will say that it's, it's 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 a fair distance you know i'm still not convinced if i didn't try to save his little butt i'm still not convinced that i don't know that he would have lost a tooth if you hadn't tried to save if him? i hadn't tried to save him because i feel like i inadvertently like made him not be able to like fall all the way back away from it or something oh I think you're like really blaming yourself. Here. I am truly because of my hovering. <sighs> I don't know. Generally though, when we're not hovering, he doesn't injure himself. Think about it. Also like what that means is like sort of just usually if you can't, the kid, like they always said in Rye, it's like if they can't, you want to put them in situations where they will stay safe. Yes. And also, usually if they can get up somewhere, they can get down some from, from it. Uh, not always, though. Mm-hmm. Um, I would also say if you are worried about her on the couch right now, like maybe... The couch is off limits for now. Like maybe you get a baby gate and that's not somewhere that she that she has available to her right now. Right. You know. I think that's 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 fair. So that's that's what I have to say about that. Boy. I mean, look, we're I'm I'm we're shook, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean it was it was it was shooketh. I was shooketh. <laughs> Yep. Um, <laughs> he looks like a little hockey player. He really does. 
Oh my god, it's so funny. Um, He's at the park right now. Holly took him. She just sent this picture of him just casually walking across the basketball court holding a soccer ball, obviously staring up at the streetlights. And there's like a, a pickup game with grown men like 10 yards away from him. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. We heard a couple weeks ago about someone who had some mysterious skin irritation. Yes. And we got a voice memo from someone. This is the person that we even like suggested it might be psychosomatic. No, we didn't say it was psychosomatic. Or we thought someone suggested I don't remember. I'm trying to remember the email, though. Well, this is a response to it. This is a voice memo? Yes. Okay. Hello, excellent friends. Uh, this is Julie from Toronto, and I'm calling in response to the signal that went out about the postpartum skin irritation issues. I've never been in a postpartum situation, but I do have skin irritation issues, so I wanted to comment on that. Uh, Dory suggested looking for an immunologist, and I definitely agree with that. If you can, try to look for one who is specifically knowledgeable about a condition called mast cell activation syndrome, or MCAS, or MCAS. I'm not sure how people say the acronym. Um... Unfortunately, a lot of immunologists are not knowledgeable about this condition. It's not very well known and it's not very well understood. Um, I thankfully was able to find an immunologist in my area who did know about it and was able to diagnose me um, and answered a lot of questions for me because um, my skin issues were such a huge mystery, like getting hives from the shower and like getting a mosquito bite where I would have like an anaphylactic reaction where like I, I never previously had that before. Um, and basically mast cell syndromes, including this one, there are other types of mast cell activation disorders as well. Um, it basically means your mast cells are not working properly in the body. Um, I don't fully understand what mast cells are, but my very small amount of understanding is that they have to do with histamines in the body and the allergic responses and the immunological responses and all that. And so they can kind of wreak havoc on any systems in the body that relate to these, including things like digestion and all kinds of system-wide issues. Um, and this definitely includes skin issues. So it may be worthwhile looking into that. Um, and if you have a hard time finding an immunologist that specializes in this, or if you just have to wait a while before you can get an appointment, um, something you could try in the meantime uh, is getting some over-the-counter antihistamines, um, you know, just some basic like reactin or claritin, um, because this is actually one of the standard recommendations for this condition. And also it's used as one of the diagnostic criteria that basically if you take an antihistamine every day consistently, you know, for at least a couple weeks and your symptoms decrease, then um, that is part of the diagnostic criteria. So that's just something you could try on your own. Um, you know, just get whichever antihistamines you want and uh, take the recommended dose um, usually one or two tablets every day for at least a couple weeks and uh, yeah, see how you feel. And if you don't get improvement, then you probably don't have this condition. And if you do, um, you may or may not have it. I don't know, but at least it then gives you some information to take to a doctor down the road. Um, and there are other things that you can take as well that can help with this condition, but I would just start with the antihistamines because that is pretty straightforward and you don't need a prescription. Um, so that's my recommendation. Hope that helps. Antihistamines. Yes. And this person followed this up with a clarification where they say in the voice memo, I'd recommended trying any antihistamine that you want. I'm now second guessing hmm. whether all antihistamines are actually appropriate since they can fall into different categories. But I definitely know that either cetirizine, reactine, or 
loratadine, claritin would be appropriate. I personally take the latter because it has less drowsy effects. Reactine claims to be non-drowsy, but this is actually not totally true for everyone. Mm. PPS, I forgot to mention that if you just end up deciding to take antihistamines long-term, some insurance companies will cover them if you get a prescription from your doctor rather than buying them over the counter. I like the, uh, on second thought, writing in, that's what it's like doing a podcast. Sometimes it's already out, though, when you have your second thought. Totally. I should have said this. Totes, magoats. Okay, so. All right, magoats. We have one, we actually have one last voicemail. Oh, okay. um, That I want to play. Hey, y'all, Thomas in Colorado. I'm in four minutes into today's episode, and I had to pause and ask Matt, have you been, like, hanging out or talking with Walt over there on TESD? Because he just told this whole conspiracy theory to Q about how some people think birds aren't real, all birds are drones. And here you're tripping out and thinking that bird was like a robot or something on the golf course. Oh, that's so, so true. I don't know if it's just like, you know, cross wires on the internet or what. I just thought it was really funny. I had to pause and ask. All right, later. <laughs> Look, I didn't think it was a robot bird. I saw a bird that I thought was a robot tiny golfer. <laughs> So there's the subtle difference. <laughs> Dory and I, I believe we talked about this bird thing yeah. a little while ago, too. Yeah. It is in the air. Yeah. Uh, but Walt Flanagan and I have not communicated uh, about bird robots. Because I think I saw a TikTok where someone was driving a car that had a whole birds aren't real like manifesto on the side of the car. Mm. And so I was like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad it's getting popularized. <laughs> glad people are finally coming around. <laughs> Love it. The earth is also flat. Yeah. Yeah. Everything everything you think is wrong until it's right. And then only what you think is right. Okay. Uh, that's it, folks. I think just uh, go ahead and remind you all. You can support us on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash excellent adventure. Get up to two bonus episodes every month. We'd like to thank our Patreon supporters who support us at the federal level or above every month by just saying their names out loud. We speak their names. Here we go. Uh, Mike Zydek. Mike, Kim, and Leo. Molly. Mariah Adamic. Nancy Powell. Nikki Bossert. Paul Sharp. Paula. Uh, Penny from Massachusetts. R. Ham. Robert Olson. Robin Kilgo. Sabrina Stern. Sadie Massa. Sarah Dauberman. Sarah Dauberman. What? Sarah Prager. Sarah Friedman. Sarah Swift. Sherry Olson. SJV. Steve Harcourt. Tanya Lemos. Ta- uh, look at Tanya Lemos. Tanya Krishemin. Uh The Holterman Clan. The Kembles. Tracy Jury. Whitney Hoffman. Thank you all very, very much. Uh, if you want more of us, it's available. Go to Patreon. Check out Excellent Adventure there. If you don't want more of us, then the show's over. So good luck. <laughs> Bye. Bye.